0: How are we, church? That is good. Good to know that you're well. Life's full of choices. We make them every day. Some are made with careful thought, and some just happen on autopilot. The choices that we make are very important. It determines the way our day turns out. And they have a huge impact on our well-being and our future. One wrong choice can ruin your life. But a right choice can bless you and others in amazing ways. Random question, just to kind of get us launched. What's the first choice mentioned in the Bible? Now, some are thinking Eve. Others are thinking Adam, and I would argue you're both wrong, (laughs) because choice begins even before Adam and Eve. Uh, Choice begins with God. Everything begins with God, yeah? So choice is not evil or wrong in any way, because God enacted choice. Uh, The first chapter of Genesis gives us insight into a variety of choices. God created the universe in six days. Uh, why did he take six days? Why not just in a moment, in an instant? Or why not two days? It was God's choice to create, create everything in six days. God is a God of order. The pattern for that becomes uh, pretty obvious to us when we start our life and we understand what weeks and months and calendars are all about. God is ordered and God created with order. His choices that impact us and our universe are choices based in what is right. And it has to do with his order. His way of placing things and life in a right place was perfectly sustainable So six days and then rest. Choice is something that God had right from the start. God chose to have the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the centre of the Garden of Eden. Now think about this. He he could have placed it in a corner of the garden where it was hard to find, uh, but he determined to have it in the centre where it couldn't be missed. God's choice wasn't influenced by anyone. In Isaiah 40 and verse 13, it says... Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Clearly, the answer is no one. God is all powerful and God has all wisdom. And remember, God has all authority. He has all wisdom and authority and chooses to share his wisdom with us. It's a choice that God made to share his goodness, his wisdom, his creativity with us. He created the whole earth from nothing. And as human beings, we only have the power to recreate. Not sure if you've thought about that so far today. But even our greatest artisans are recreators inspired by God's handiwork, uh, inspired by creation, inspired by the reality uh, that becomes part of our world when we start to open our eyes and see. Have you noticed that we're different God made a choice to make us different. It means that we need some basic raw materials to create anything. We can't create from nothing. We are part of God's creation and therefore we, our uh, capacity to recreate is based on what God has provided to us. And our personhood that he has given to us. We need inspiration. Not so with God. He can create anything out of nothing. But it's beautiful that God passed on this gift of choice to his people. Imagine if we did not have the power to choose. All of us would be lifeless, like robots. No freedom to choose anything. When we were in Cairns, we arrived in Cairns, we rented a house for two years. During those two years, we bought a block of land, put a concrete slab down, and I remember a day where I walked up there with my four kids, and I said to my three girls, "Uh, pick a bedroom. It's a slab of concrete, right, and there's going to be a bedroom there, and I kind of had some chalk and marked out just the corners and another bedroom there and another bedroom there and there's one over there and you can't have that one. I've marked that one out for me, right? So have a choice. Pick a bedroom. A little later, there were walls around and we walked back in and uh, through the process, they'd picked out their various bedrooms and I took a risk, right? Right? Don't laugh at me too hard. But I said, what colour do you want in your bedroom? Pick a colour. Uh, we had some wild colours. I provided some swatches and they went in with their ideas. One was yellow, one was pink, one was blue, one was kind of a lilac-y colour. Uh, I had to put up a charcoal grey, right, because Trace says, well, the kids have got their four colours, I'll have my colour. Life's full of choices. Sometimes in our recreating, we will create choices that help us be motivated for either the rest of our day or potentially the rest of our life. We make a bunch of our choices early in life that impact us for later, but we make them. All the time. Awesome privilege to have the right to choose. Do you know how many choices you actually make every day? You can spit out something that's between a um, thousand and ten thousand if you find somewhere in the middle. When you choose to get out of bed, uh, whether you choose to hit the snooze button the first time or You actually roll over or you sit up in bed, all choices. Uh, Whether you brush your teeth and then how long for, like some people are two minute people, right? Others are 20 second people. Uh, We all make these choices and it might sound ridiculous, but life is full of making decisions, both small and big. I had to make a decision this morning what I was going to have for breakfast, you know, when you open up that door and all the cereals are there, and I'm thinking, well, there's some cereals left over from when the kids were up at Christmas. hmm wheat Weet-Bix. You just automatically make a bundle of choices, always. And apparently, according to some good research, roughly 5,000 choices a day is what we make. We make the most important ones that decide our future from 16 to 30. As a lot of us, not even in that bracket or in that bracket, and we make massive choices that impact the rest of our life. Some of us are beyond that and we are impacted by decisions that we made during that period of our life. Some of those impacts are amazing and good and some we just got to, you know, we keep making decisions to keep moving forwards. By the time I was 18, I totally knew who I wanted to spend the rest of my life with in marriage. And I chose Tracy and I'm still married, nearly 40 years later. Impacted by the choice, right? In such a positive way. If I come back to Genesis 1, who made the first wrong choice? People, yeah? Humans. Adam disobeyed God and did what God said he must not do. He ate from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. And I wonder why we take the wrong choice. And why did Adam and Eve make the wrong decision? Ultimately, making the wrong choice. Simply because when God gives us choice... It means we automatically have been given the power to choose between good and bad. That's a responsibility. And unfortunately, due to Adam making the wrong choice, the whole lot of us are short of God's standard and we're fallen beings. Still, God did not take away the gift of choice. And so every one of us has to make a decision to take the choice to follow Jesus. It's a decision that's laid out for us in the scriptures. It's a choice that we will make whether we think we're making the choice or not. Because if you don't say yes, you have said no. Following Jesus is actually a choice God allows us to make. And we have this gift of choice. We're not robots or puppets. God determines that we make a choice to follow him. And the result of this is we get to participate with him in his kingdom-building work. What a, what a wonderful, wonderful reality. If we make good choices, people, we will, and people will always be blessed. We're back into God's order, God's order, God's structure, God's right and rightness, righteousness, we make good choices, people get blessed all around us. If we make bad choices, but in this relational connection that we have with God, He gives us complete freedom. God does not control us. Even when we choose to follow Jesus, God still gives us opportunity to choose how we follow. Wisdom literature teaches us that it's wise to have God involved in all of our choices. And I think that's the whole written purpose for wisdom literature, teaching us to have God involved in our life and giving us reasons why that is the best way to choose to live. I want to conclude our series in Ecclesiastes today by jumping into chapter 11. So uh, you have a Bible, chapter 11 of Ecclesiastes. Uh, the word that dominates the whole book is meaningless, which is the uh, NIV translation or vanity or hevel, hevel, hevel. It's repeated all through the book of Ecclesiastes. And in Hebrew which was the original language the Old Testament was written in, it means breath or vapour. And we have the author of Ecclesiastes saying that life is temporary. It's here and then it's like a vapour, it's gone. Nothing on the earth is permanent. So there's probably very little point in making all of our life decisions and particularly the big ones around faith based on what we see on the earth. Because that's not going to last. Only God and his kingdom will last eternally. So there's a hint there that our really big decision making should be about eternity. Should be about the things that last and go on and on. And as the eternity uh, explanation comes in, forever and ever and ever, and forever after. Let's read Ecclesiastes eleven and one to six. The subheading is "Invest in many ventures." In my NIV version, and I have to say, how good was the scavenger hunt for those of us who were on that? What a blessing! I'm loving how people uh, are so uh, warm and into trying new things. Now, a car scavenger hunt's not new. Uh, It hasn't happened for a while, so it kind of feels like it's a breath of fresh air to have the church family interacting the way that they did yesterday. Uh, And if you weren't part of that, mark it in your diary for whenever we release a date Uh, for 2022, because that will be an awesome event. It was so good yesterday. And uh, what made it good, I want to say to you, was the preparation. Uh, Tara was able to stand up here and say, Wendy's got a wet weather backup plan. There is a wet weather plan. And as we got involved in seeing what was prepared and planned, there were so many mind games and quizzes and uh, you had to know where your clefts need to be if you're musical and you you had to know rock and roll and uh, jazz and so I was going to flunk big time, right? Uh, Jason would have been all right if it was just heavy metal, but there was a, a mixture of music elements. And you, um, I love the fact that there were these um, cars that were made out of cardboard boxes up the back of the auditorium. There's a meeting at 8.30 tomorrow morning, and Tim will remind me that we can't run in the church. But the cool thing was, I'm looking at those cars, those boxes that were made up, there were steering wheels on the inside, and stickers, and um, shoulder straps, a lot of work's gone into this thing, Right? And they were over in that corner, so I figured, not sure where, young adults were the first ones to race over there, and uh, the person running it basically got them to run the whole perimeter of the auditorium, right? Bless them. That was so good, because by the time I got there, it was only up this aisle, <laughs> down and up and around. So many things that were prepared, and to see the whites of people's eyes as they're running up that aisle, like I'm going to win. <laughs> the competitive nature in the, in the, the space. And then there was an opportunity to take our cars out and go and find things. So there was a car, as- a real car aspect to it as well. So much preparation. And it went so well because of the preparation that was done. See how that impacts as we read chapter 11. Read it with me. Ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will lie. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning and at evening let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Now, I want to read this again from a really positive approach. It's a choice that I've taken to read this again with positivity. How good is it when people take a risk, prepared well, And bless people. Good choices always bless people. The choices we make can have a profound impact on how we learn and grow. So my personal kind of positive take on this is much the same, but you you may detect a little. Send your grain across the seas and in God's time, profits will flow back to you. And divide your investments in more than one place because it's hard to know the risks that lie ahead. I'm going to be prepared and patient. When clouds are heavy, the rains come down. When a tree comes down, it stays where it falls. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Today, I will be positive And I'll get done whatever I can. Just as I don't know the path of the wind or the mystery of a baby growing in a mother's womb, also I don't know everything about my amazing God. I'll plant seed in the morning and I'll keep busy all afternoon. I love the creativity of my God and the order of God's structured creation. How we view and how we read the scriptures will determine the decisions that we make. It's our choice to be positive. Your attitude does impact the way you hear God's word. And as we dig in just a little bit, these six verses... Over the years, I can testify that making decisions and getting on with life is full of risk. I've known a lot of farmers who have possibly been God's way of teaching me a whole lot of lessons in life. Farmers take a lot of risks every day. Being on holiday is a risk for a farmer. Uh, I was on holiday together with a farmer at one time and he said, a. I hate being away from the farm. Uh, I never know what's going to happen if I'm not there. Life's full of risk. Prepare as well as you are able to and trust God. Prepare and trust. Live your life in an attitude of faith. And the outcome is glory to God, blessing to many. When the girls were old enough to drive, it was a risk to get in the car with them. Anybody alive out there? (laughs) Then when they were able to drive on their own and had their pee plates, it was still a risk to get in the car with them. And as my family developed and grew and got to that stage, I realised the risk they took to get in the car any time that I was driving. I had surgery last August and just getting out of bed 10 days later was a risk. You know those red buttons they have in hospitals? Few of those got pushed in the first couple of weeks after my surgery. And a child learns to walk by falling over. True? What I've learned is we need to get into and on with life. We need to get into life and get on with living life. And all of that takes a risk. And, uh, you know, my speak only, the thing that you'll hear me uh, often say is, I'm so into calculated risks. There's, there's risk in following Jesus in terms of the decisions that I make to apply how I follow Jesus. There's no risk in trusting Jesus. You, you trust in Jesus, he's 100% reliable. But when I enter into the equation of that, I add some complications because I get in the way and I distort the balance, the beautiful creative balance that God has in his perfected order that man bruised a little when he chose not to follow God's instructions. So I need to take risks every day even in my decisions to follow the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Are you with me? Do you understand where I'm going with that? That if we don't actually step out, step in, get on with life, we're not living a lot of life. The wisdom we get from Ecclesiastes 11 is that even if there are risks to do what we do, being well prepared and getting into it and getting on with it are definitely wise choices. I love it when people try. Yeah, I want to I do a Bible study. I want to lead a Bible study for the first time. I love it when people have a crack. We sat at the leadership breakfast yesterday. So that's uh, pastors, elders, uh, management team, ministry team leaders, uh, people of uh, leadership uh, within our church. And we're all gathered together. And I stood out the front and I said, we've got to have a go. All right, we've got to, we've got to have a crack. We've got to do We've got to be involved. We've got to invite others to be involved. Let's be involved together. Let's be on mission and ministry together. Let's impact our generation by involving people that God has given creative capacity and will absolutely blow us away when we see them functioning under the leadership of the spirit. So freedom... But the other thing we talked about was our governance model. So there are boundaries in, in a very, very, uh, strong church environment. There are boundaries. And pretty much you can be so creative within those boundaries. And we want people involved in, and in blessing others. One of the, um, One of the issues that I struggle with is patience. More than probably anything else, (laughs) I struggle with patience. I can be so chilled too. Um, In footy season, I can be chilled in front of the idiot box watching the footy. It does matter what code, uh, but if there's no NRL on, I'll I'll watch any of the other codes, but that'll always be my preference. Cricket season, people get bored watching cricket. I can just veg out. When we need to go somewhere, now, Tracy's not here. I didn't say this in the 8.30 service. I wasn't game. Tracy is incredibly talented. You might see that over time. She is 100% creative and her capacity uh, to make quick decisions and, shall I say, be spontaneous is out of this world, right? She has so many gifts. Um, Gary's kind of structured. So Gary and Tracy, in the same environment, when it's 10 minutes to leave time in the house, Gary's already dressed and he's starting to pace and it can be as ugly as he'll be just standing looking at a door because he's learnt that if he continues to pace someone's going to say something so it's better to be still I'll just look at the door but inside I'm churning let's be 10 minutes early right let's get out let's get on and the spontaneous trace is still out in the garden (laughs) and it's like Ten minutes later, she's at the door and she's ready to go. But it's on time. And I'm like, well, I'm being really generous saying that. But we're different. Come on, it's time to go. I hate waiting. Patience is a tough gig for me. I don't know whether anybody in the space today relates with this passage. But as I'm thinking about what I should share this morning, this one popped in. So James 5 says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient And stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. We had to build a fence for legal reasons at our house. Uh, Needed to get it started early December. Then we fitted all the contractors are saying, no, not available. I couldn't do it because doctor says you can't do that stuff yet. Um, And I'm like, I need this fence up. Christmas rolls through, New Year. Still can't get contractors. So I am really frustrated and impatient. And on Thursday night, I went in online and you know that thing, you can. there's several of them and, and you can ask for quotes. You get three quotes. So I got desperate enough to actually go online and seek to have someone respond to my need to build a fence. I couldn't sleep on Thursday night. I kind of wound up about this. So eight o'clock... I check my phone eight am, and there's a message, all right, uh, I can come and have a look at your job. By ten o'clock, the person had been gone and got three in his team, come back by eleven thirty, twelve, uh, I'm thinking about lunch. they're thinking about going home. Fences built. And I'm like, I got a text trace. So I text Trace and and she comes back. I always know that God's got my back. Then when Trace comes home after work and we're chatting about it, amazed at how God has provided for us, she says, I know God's always got my back. This is how your wife can bless you, guys, and this is how you can bless your guys, wives. I know that God's always got my back, but always in his timing. Always in his timing. I find it interesting that James says, be patient and stand still. The ability and the discipline to be patient. And stand in God's presence is a great choice. For me, it's hard. I'm a pastor, I'm just a bloke. For me, it's hard. But when I choose to trust God, it's always good. I want to capture again the essence of this wisdom from God. He gives us the capacity to follow His wisdom and make good choices. Solomon's found that fulfilment, contentment, stability in life and freedom comes when we obey God and live by his standards. And uh, the elephant in the room, when I say that, is living by established standards or even God's ways sounds so restraining and restricting. Our default, as people is that fulfilment is found in doing what we want to do whenever we want. And those outside of faith would tell us this is an absolute. Live without boundaries. You'll be fine. Make your choice. Do things that suit you. Do what you think's best for you. And Solomon, was, Solomon would say, that didn't work out for me. Solomon straight up says, you need to trust God. Child psychologists discovered an interesting thing a few years ago. Researchers thought that fences around playgrounds made the children uh, restricted in their play. So a decision was reached to remove the fences so the children would not feel restricted. And surprisingly, the opposite occurred. Researchers then discovered that the children became more inhibited with their activities. They tended to gather or cluster together in the middle of the playground and displayed signs of insecurity. And when the fences were replaced, the children began to play again with enthusiasm and freedom within those boundaries. Here's my conclusion. So much better with boundaries. So much better trusting God, safer even. That's why the most sexually fulfilled people are those who've chosen to be faithful in a marriage relationship. Every survey has ever shown that to be true and will continue to show that because we know that's part of God's order. Amen. Faithful people have discovered the value of boundaries. And I believe the reason we find fulfillment in keeping God's commandments and following in God's way is because God created us and knows what's best for us. Because as creator, He's also designer. So we can have confidence. In what he says and how he declares that we should live, he designed to have the tree in the middle of the garden for a reason. He wanted us to have choice so that when we choose to follow, when we choose to be a part of his kingdom. There's just blessing everywhere. Not necessarily how we would write the script. Rarely how we would write the script. And what I've discovered for me, about me, in regard to that is because I don't know how to write the script. But he does. And therefore, we should make our choice to follow Jesus. We should follow Jesus with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength. We should love the Lord our God with everything there is about us. We should commit to follow. And we should... Agree with God on the big picture choices because if we agree with God on the big decisions, all those 5,000 smaller decisions kind of roll out much easier. They find their fit. So make sure you get the big decisions right and follow Jesus all the way and let him worry about the outcomes of that. I want to encourage you to stand, we're going to pray. We're going to sing a song. I love that God has got it sorted. God knows what is happening and what will happen in your life. It's tough to follow but it's the right choice. Lord God, we surrender to you. We submit our decisions to you. We ask you, Lord, to bless us. We indeed desire that you would be the one who gives us boundaries to experience freedom and to experience life in abundance and to understand that you've got our back. Lord, we choose. We choose. As for me and my household, we choose. We've made a decision. We will follow you. Help us to live that way, we pray in Jesus' name.